How we doing tonight? Good. Good. How you doing, Jordan? Good. Good. Where are we at? Well, we are at the Great Fermentations, and it's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. It's nice to have a, a change of scenery. We're not actually in a bar. We're in a quiet room where I don't have headphones like stuck to my ears, sweating <laughs> to death tonight. We still have beer. We just still have beer. We still have beer. <laughs> oh, guys, and there's plenty more. We we appreciate that. <laughs> so, who's that voice we're hearing? That would be Anita. She is the owner <laughs> of Great Fermentations. Anita, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. <laughs> thanks. You can remember my name by Anita Another Beer. I, ooh, I like that. See, yeah. I'm, I'm going to like her. You're, you're all right. <laughs> you're all right. She came to the room with beer in her hands, and she's making beer references of jokes. I like this already. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about Great Fermentations? Great Fermentations is about 20 years old. Um, people ask me how I got into this, and it's because I had a love for beer. My first craft, quote unquote, beer was um, in 1983 in Chicago, Augsburger Dark. And from that point on, it was kind of a passion. So I'm one of the original craft beer drinkers. And um, a friend of mine said, Hey, I make my own beer. And I thought that was really cool. The store was going out of business, and we kind of bought it, and I've been around for 20 years. Very now, have cool. it, has it always been in the Indy area? Is that where you're from? And um, it's not where I'm from, but we started out at 86th and Westfield, and then we okay. went to uh, Broad Ripple, right across the street from Broad Ripple Brew Pub. Mm. And then in 2006, we moved here, and then about two and a half years ago, we opened a second store in Avon oh, nice. at 36 and Dan Jones. And you're one of the only home brewing stores in town, right? There are a few others, yes. There are a few the others. Best one in town. But the best are, one in town. We yeah. are the biggest. There you yeah. go. And actually, I didn't, other than I had driven by, I Googled to find a home brewing store in town, and you're the only one that really popped up on the Google search. So the other ones must be very small or not very savvy. Either that or we do really good SEL. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You just blow the other ones out of the water. They don't even show up. <laughs> we do a lot of work with Beer Brewery Next Door. I understand Darren used to... Work for you, right? For a while? For a Darren long time? worked with me for nine years. Yeah. Actually, he came in and uh, I hired him on a part time basis and he, he uh, stayed around for nine years. Awesome. Some days we fought like brother and sister, <laughs> some days we got along. That's pretty cool. So, like I said, driving by and then, you know, we started doing some work at Beer Brewery and then we obviously been doing the show for getting close to a year now. Everybody, the first question every brewery asks us, do you guys brew your own beer? Our answer has always been. No, we don't. Any plans to? No, not really. And then we came in here and I talked to you and we decided we were going to uh, give it a shot. So um, we have been. It's, it's mm-hmm. been an interesting journey. It has okay. been a journey. Well, I noticed that you didn't bring any beer today. It's not ready yet. Oh, wait a minute. We just it's bottled it. It's been long it. enough. We did ours on a, on a rotation. We, uh, we did two weeks in the fermenter, two weeks in secondary, and then we bottled it and we were letting the bottle sit. So it's in bottles. Okay. But it just hasn't. We we're too scared to pop the bottles open to drink it. <laughs> I want to make sure it has plenty oh, of carbonation man. first. 
Jeez, I, I'm kind of surprised uh, you didn't patient. bring me. You didn't bring me any samples. I'm very this disappointed. Is, this is how this is how we get second shows. Everybody's, <laughs> everybody scared us because they said you guys are going to do it. You're going to do your first one. You're going to yeah. open it too quick. Everybody yep, kept yep. Like, well, so we're, we're like, nope. So now we're scared. No, even yeah. like, nope, we're not. <laughs> and this is the one that was the uh, the boxed one that we bought the kit that uh-huh. we got from you. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one we did is when we came in here and we did our first all grain batch, and that's uh-huh. the one we're really interested to. Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. see, and that's the one I would definitely want to bring you a sample of. It's a uh, chocolate milk coffee oatmeal stout. Can you get anything else in there? We, possibly, <laughs> possibly. Chocolate milk coffee coffee oatmeal oatmeal stout. Yes. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes! And we tasted the uh, we Lord. tasted it between primary and secondary, and it, it, it tastes good. It does. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping we have high hopes for it. You know, it might taste better because we brewed it. You know, someone else may not have the same opinion of it, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring it in. We'll give you our professional. We will. Opinion. It should be right here in about we had a three weeks. Scare too. We well, did. We did have a scare, a scare the other this night. week. Last night, wasn't it? Uh, Sunday <laughs> night, Hunter came to the brewery, which is my garage, aka my garage, <laughs> and we were checking out the beers, and we opened it up, and it looked like it had big white balls floating in it. Like Ooh. big chunks of white floating in it, and we were like, uh, like BB size, oh, little, yeah. little bigger than BB. Yeah, so we were like, uh oh, time to hit the internet and do some research. So we started researching, and we found nightmare stories about it. And then we found some that were, oh, okay, if it's that, we're okay. If was it's it this, hairy? we're bad. Nope. No, it wasn't hairy. It was no. smooth, creamy well, looking. Yeah, basically, that's creamy. what it looked like. Of course, this is at night, and we were trying not to put too much light on, so we're using our phones to look at it. And I said. I'm going to bed. I can't mess with it tonight. I'm going to get frustrated. So, so after work the next day, uh, Hunter comes back over. Yeah, we, we freak out the entire day. I'm on the. <laughs> You're texting these I'm guys. I'm on a thread going, with ah! these guys going, oh, my God, if we're going to throw it out. I'm freaking. We're, we're all freaking out. So we, I get off work. He comes over. We put it up on the table. It was foam. Yeah, I lifted it up on the table and was like, it was gone. It was swirls. <laughs> now Hold on. All over. You need to talk like a home brewer. That is croison, not foam. Croison. Well, this, croison. Was, in, this okay. was in secondary. Croisin. Still croisin okay. in secondary? Yeah. So so what actually is croisin? It's foam. It's, uh, it's not foam. It's foam. It's, no, <laughs> it's not. You just it's said it. It's foam-like. <laughs> <laughs> it is yeast and mm. protein, and sometimes sometimes it's got hops in it, too. Okay. So. But it's healthy, though, right? That's, mm-hmm. There's nothing yeah. to be concerned about. Nope. Okay. You're okay. Yeah, everything That's all I needed to hear. Said, as soon as it, like she said, once you start getting hairy balls... <laughs> they got an issue. Run. <laughs> Run. Then you could have some problems. Or obviously, if it stinks, if, it, if you get start getting the smell, you know there's something probably wrong. Right. So yeah. So that freaked right. us out quite bad, actually. And we, uh, I'm like, I swear, I washed it. I swear. They're, of course, they're all over me. Did you sanitize everything? Are you sure everything was sanitized? I'm like, I spent the whole night before sanitizing that stuff, and I sanitized it again before we did it. You sanitized it twice. I sanitized everything twice. That's a little overkill. <laughs> We're just getting started. Are you, are you obsessive compulsive, or perhaps? Only in certain things, and when it comes to this this brewing thing, apparently I am because they'll laugh at me. And I'll, I, if they stir something, I grab it out of their hand and I dip it right back in the sanitizer. <laughs> I, I mean, I seriously, I don't let anything out of my sight without it being sanitized. Like, look, if you start spritzing <laughs> alcohol on your hands and flaming them, that's overkill. Okay, then I haven't got that far yet, but I yeah. do dip my hands in sanitizer before I touch anything every single time. <laughs> I literally do. He was mowing the grass before we could check it out. I was like, "Dude, you gotta go home and scrub up. You can't. Yeah. You can't touch that's, the beer without." I did. No joke. Because that's yep. the stuff you read about. How mm-hmm. like, it's oh, all oh, nightmare stories. Sure clean. Make sure it's clean. Grass is you know, flavor. Though. I mean, you know what though? Here's the thing. Nothing, nothing that can grow in beer or wine is gonna kill you or make you sick. Ah. Nothing. You know what Who makes you sick? <laughs> you know what makes you sick? Jordan. 
<laughs> quantity, not quantity. Quantity, not quality. quality. Ah, okay. See, and a lot of the I've ones that we that saw before. online that were the horror stories were a lot of those guys were trying to do the sour beers, and they were they were putting that stuff into it themselves and creating that problem. And then going, <laughs> oh, my God, it's spoiled. Well, yeah, you put bacteria in it to spoil it. Of course it looks spoiled and smells bad. That's You tried to do that on purpose. Yeah. We don't want that, and I don't think I'll ever do a sour mm-hmm. beer. It scares me. Now, didn't you say you're playing around with sour beers right now? Uh-huh. Actually, we have a Berliner Weizen that we have made. We are partnering with Wilkes and Wilson, so they're the guys that make gums and bitters and things like that. Okay. And we're gonna we're gonna serve our Berliner Weizen with the Wilkes and Wilson gums, and I think we're gonna use a pineapple one Ooh. at Sourfest on June fourth. And then we've got a barrel sour, and it's a little too sour, so we made a blender beer. We're going to blend the two together. That's cool. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. See, so, you know, sour beers aren't always just you make it and forget it. You you can blend out flavors and things like that. So. We're not. We're definitely not to the sour point. I think that's that's way Come more. Come on, you're on craft. your second beer. <laughs> oh, third. third. Beer. Okay. We made a saison for the third one. Okay. <clears throat> so we did a honey orange saison. So and a lot. What do I do is I go on the internet and I I just I research recipes, mm-hmm. and then I kind of pull from different recipes what I like elements I like out of them. Or if I want to try a completely different grain, I go and I have I've gotten now I've got all sorts of grain guides and stuff to tell me what each malt tastes like, what each hop tastes like, and all that. Mm-hmm. And I've been putting together base recipes out of that just to see how they are. And I said, well, you know, if it's good, then we have somewhere to start from. If it's horrible, we can always scrap the entire thing or figure out what's wrong and cut what we need to and do something else so you do that yeah well you know i i encourage you to come in here and taste grain oh you let's do that yeah i didn't see that i didn't know or i would have already been here doing that (laughs) so you come in we have 85 different kinds of grain you can open it up taste it smell it and you know there's there are i think five different 60 degree crystals in there Hmm. there's aromatic there's biscuit there's uh, grains from all over the world. So we've uh, been in here several times buying ingredients now, and I always thought that that was like the taboo room because they always come to me and they say, "Do you have a list?" I felt like I'm doing something dirty in here. <laughs> Do you have a list? Yeah, I hand them a list. They go behind the closed door. They come out. They hand me a paper bag, brown paper bag. I pay for it and I leave. I didn't know I could go back there and taste anything at all. I thought, okay, that's nope, that's the room. Looking over my shoulder, making sure nobody's watching me as I grab my so paper bag and go. Learn. Oh, man, there's a sign on the door that says, come on in. Well, you assume he can read. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I can write recipes. He, reading, that's a whole different thing. see why the cords thing. are all colored? It uh, makes yeah. it easy for him. So. That's right. No reading there. That's right. <laughs> hey, but uh, but uh, speaking of beer, we have a beer in front of us. You want to tell us about what we're drinking? Actually, this is a mead, and this is okay. our attempt. Actually, it's not our. It's Steve Kent that works for us. He's our manager over in Avon. He cloned the um, New Day Meadery, New Day Craft um, Magpie, but he used blackberries, not raspberries, and I and blended it with. So it's a mead, which is a honey wine, blackberries, and coffee. And delicious. the coffee's from It is B- very delicious. B-coffee. It's very good. And I think this is actually something my wife would drink because she hates oh, beer yeah. with a passion. Really? Oh, yeah. I, huh. I've, she's tried every kind of beer. She's tried several of the beers when we go out, and she always says, yep, tastes like beer, no matter what kind of beer it is. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, how can you say that about I get it about a stout or something, but, you know, I've had her try some Kolsch's. I've had her try some Saison's. I've had her try some fruity beers. It's always, nope, I can still taste like beer. Have you had her try Lindemann's Lambic? No. Try that. 
Okay. I think that's mm-hmm. when people don't like beer, I take them to that one or New Glarus Belgian Tart. Yeah. Oh, that is my favorite, very favorite. New Glarus Belgian Tart. No, I haven't had. I haven't had. Well, I've had. I've had Spotted Cow. No, but he's. he's I go to Wisconsin all the time. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I I love Spotted Cow, but I haven't had the tart. I'll have to try that. Well, it's really interesting because what they did is it took three years to make that that beer, and it's got three pounds of Door County Montmorency cherries. So they're the tart pie cherries, Mm -hmm. and it's tart and and a little bit sweet. It's a beer. It's got a melange of wild yeast and bacteria in it, and it is just a parfait mm. of beer. That's awesome. Interesting. That sounds better it's than delicious. the Lambic scene. It looks good, though. I, Indiana has a great craft beer scene. I l- absolutely love Indiana's craft beer scene, but Wisconsin has a very, very good craft beer scene popping up, too. I've been going to Milwaukee Brew Company for several years, taking their tour, drinking some of their beer. They're making some great stuff. Their mm-hmm. seasonal one that they put out every year. Weekend at Louis, they always change it just a little bit. Oh, I had that last weekend. It's so good. Blueberry? Yeah. Uh, uh, no, not probably not blueberry. blueberry this year. It'll be a different oh. flavor this year. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know what it is this year. I haven't been up there yet. I see what you're saying. They change it every year. So every year we it's, had was it's last Weekend at Louis, but then gotcha. the year before it was brewed with a tea, and it was just beyond phenomenal. Hmm. This year it was the blueberry, and it was a little too sweet too for sweet me, but I, I did like it still. So I haven't been up there this year. So what was it this year? Do you know? You know, I'm actually, I don't think... I don't. I don't even know. I just drank it. Okay. <laughs> I was in beer drinking mode, not evaluation I mode. I really respect that. Yeah. So. You know, every You're once right. in a while, you just have to break out of you the do it. Yes. Now that we do this show, it's really hard for me to pick up any bottle of beer without literally reading the entire beer mm-hmm. before I even start drinking it, because it's what we do so often now that we just we read everything. Yep. <laughs> so I'm all constantly, and I'm like, yep. I used to just grab beer and drink and drink and drink, and now I don't do that as much. Well, I like to savor, but I, you know. When I was out with beer judges and we were at um, a local bar and they were judging the the uh, sauces for the palm fritz, I went, I'm done with this. <laughs> okay, that might you be know, a bit much. Honestly, <laughs> just drink the damn beer and have some fun. That's right. We, we, I mean, we definitely have fun. And I know which, what I know I like a beer, you know, like if I go next door and I'm drinking their uh, Rog and Schnizzle or the Hefeweizen or mm-hmm. one of those. I know I like it. I don't have sanitarium. to analyze it. I just drink it now. Sanitarium is... <laughs> Shameless plug. That's good. <laughs> That's good beer there. Tell us a little bit more about Great Fermentations. So you can come in here, and you guys carry quite an array of your of beer supplies right here in the store. And if it's not in store, you can buy it online. Correct. Everything that we have online is here in the store. Oh, is it? Oh. Okay. Everything. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Yep. The showroom is more of a showroom than some of the bigger stuff you obviously have back in the warehouse and things like that. Okay. So. We have 8,000 square feet here, and so it's an education center where we teach classes in cheese making, and uh, we've had marshmallow making, and beer making, and wine making, and wine with fruit. So we do a bunch of classes here. Our offices are here. We've got a warehouse. We have our shipping area, and then we have a retail store. And we are one of the largest homebrew companies. Uh, homebrew shops in the country. Now, there are some that are huge. Mm-hmm. We're in the top tier, but we're in the lower top tier. We're, we're not as big as some of the others. We have a huge presence online. It's not like we don't... Uh, we operate internationally and nationally, so all of our prices are pretty much what you're going to find on the web. All of our guys here, and girls, and women, actually, brew... And they work here because they have a passion for it. They could work somewhere else and make a lot more money, but they work here because they love it. They'll help you 
formulate recipes, they will troubleshoot beers, all of us will taste beers, even if you say, what's wrong with this? Mm -hmm. It's terrible, we'll try it, (laughs) give you an opinion. (laughs) We've taught an awful lot of professional brewers how to brew, but you know, they've gone on on their own volition and on their own efforts and, and become commercial brewers. I never take I never take credit for what they've done, um, but we help to facilitate that. Kind of like the Yoda of beer making. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, I'm just the teacher. That's right. Wax on, (laughs) wax off. And once we uh, start getting, you know, once we get to where our first all grain batch comes out, every two weeks we'll have a new beer. So then you'll be, we'll be bringing it down to you as we get green for the next one. We'll be like, here we go. Well, how's this one? How's this one? You know, and that's our plan. And that was part of the reason why we decided to bottle instead of keg right now is because there are people that have asked us to try it, you know, to help, to, more or less to help us. And that's right. part of the, the great thing about great fermentations. And even some of the breweries around here, it's such a, a close-knit craft community here in Indiana that everybody's mm-hmm. so willing to help everybody else. It's great. Well, you know what I say is it's really neat because craft beer and home brewing really have a great synergy because um, – Craft brewers came from home brewers, and home brewers aspire too. And it's neat because as a five-gallon brewer, you can play with equipment. Mm-hmm. You can play right. with equipment. You can play with ingredients. You can experiment, and it doesn't really cost that much. Right. But a lot of beers like IPAs, those came out of home brewing. Pre-prohibition lagers came out of home brewing. Mm-hmm. You know, home brewers kind of get onto something like a grotzer. Remember Grotzer? It's a smoked beer from Poland. It won the um, Sam Adams Homebrewing Competition. They made it as a, a national brand huh. for one, you know, for that one run mm-hmm. for their their homebrew competition. So there's a lot of synergy. We learn from each other. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot comes out of homebrewing. What would you say? Um as a new home brewer, what's the probably the biggest mistake you see home, uh, new home brewers making? They don't take sanitation seriously enough. Why did you do that? Do you have I any idea right what you just did? <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, looks like you're getting sanitized three times. I know exactly. <laughs> now it's just going to go through the roof even worse. Yeah, sanitation is everything because honestly, our our ingredients. The hops, the mm-hmm. water, the malt, the yeast, they're all the same things that commercial brewers use, mm-hmm. all of them. Mm-hmm. It's just your process. Right. So, you know, they don't take sanitation as, as seriously. Fermentation temperature, you know, especially as the temperature goes up in the summer here, mm-hmm. fermentation temperature is really important. And we have one guy on the show, Pat. He um he makes fun of me a lot for a lot of it because he's like, Why don't do we really need to have three thermometers out in the garage? I'm like, Yes, we do. I have one on the I have one on, I have one here, and I have one for the ambient room temperature. Yes, I know what I'm I know what I want to read. I know what I want to see. Before if we this one it. if this one starts going up a little bit, I know to go check the beer, make sure that, you know, it's not going up that um yeah, I'm I'm very anal when it comes to my temperatures yeah. and my I am. That's the way Speaking it is. Of that, it's a fine oh. science. I mean, it's not just the creativity behind it, but it is a science. Mm-hmm. It is a science. If you don't know what you're doing, you can be the creativest person in the world, but it doesn't matter if you yeah. don't know. If it, I mean, in everything I read, you know, you if it gets your creativity and do it right. Yeah. If it gets up over, sure. you know, 71, 72 degrees, I very easily could ruin a batch of beer because I let it get mm-hmm. too warm during fermentation. The yeast dies, and we're kind of sitting there going, uh, do we. Do we do we go talk to Anita and figure out how to pitch this again, or what are we what are we going to do? You know, I mean, well, I, did 70, you check it today? Or yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I looked at today. 
We are holding at uh, 68 degrees in the garage. Huh? You don't have a babysit- a beer babysitter? <laughs> Charlie. Come on. Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> School's almost out. <laughs> if you would have seen me yesterday at work and how panicked I was, literally you, my employees. Are you Skyping with the beer? Uh, literally. <laughs> he, he's got a camera sitting right over top of the beer. He can look in at it any time. My employees are like, you're acting like you have a sick child at home. I'm like, I kind of do. It's called Carboy, and it needs me. And I'm getting out of here as soon as I can to go check on it. Yeah, and you know, we got to mention, too, not only we are brewing now, but not just because we bought some ingredients here, but they were kind enough to give us I mean, all their equipment is from Grain Fermentations. Absolutely, yes. So yeah, we're partnering up because... Yeah, exactly. And we appreciate them partnering up with us. And, and they do so much more than I even realized yet. I didn't know I could come in here and smell the greens and taste the greens and all that, which is great information for our listeners to know, too. Because some of this grain I do have questions about as I was writing these recipes. I'm like, okay, well, it says it, it's going to taste bready and it's going to have a little caramel taste or this and that. And I'm like, okay, I, I kind of understand, but what exactly does that mean? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. how caramely is a little caramely? Well, you know what? We carry, we carry crystal malt, for example that are 10, 20, mm-hmm. 40, 60, and we've got about five, four or five different 60s, 80, 120, and 150 from a couple different manufacturers. And they, t- they taste totally different. Mm-hmm. One, t- when you open it up, it smells like grandpa's tobacco, and it's got mm-hmm. this really wonderful, rich sweetness with some fruitiness. But then you've got... You've got special bee that tastes like figs and dates and real dry, deep, you know, fruits. Mm-hmm. How do you know what that is? You can't describe that until you taste it. You right. it up, mm-hmm. put it on your taste. But. And the numbers are by the uh, the darkness, correct? Oh yeah, on actually, that's uh, it's called Lava Bond. Sorry, there you go. <laughs> uh, it's called Lava Bond, and it's really the color of the roast. Right. So think about it like coffee, okay. light, medium, dark roast, espresso roast yep. and so the higher the love a bond the darker the, the okay. green and then the darker your beer will come turn out as well because mm-hmm. i've been reading all that too so and they got some that are five six hundred so, yes the, the really dark roasted barleys are like mm-hmm. up to 500 and that's and you know our stout the one thing i would say about it, it didn't turn out quite as dark as we thought it would so if we wanted a little darker we would just buy one of those 500 grains next time and put a little of that in there and it should darken it right back up to where we want it to be so when you're when you're designing recipes are you using pro mash no idea what that is. Actually, pro mesh is twenty or thirty bucks. It's well worth it. It is a, a computer program that uh, helps you design beers well, by the was, numbers, which I, is pretty awesome. I think I need that. Yeah. I've literally been handwriting it and studying it by hand. No, don't do that. Yeah, pro mesh. What so, about uh, any opinions on any of the apps out there? Because we've actually been looking at a few different ones for our phones. Oh, I'm sorry, any? not pro mesh. Beersmith. Beersmith. I, uh, I, is 20 years ago. Beersmith. <laughs> Beersmith now is, is Beersmith is the program I have. Yeah. Okay. I have yeah. the free version right now, but it runs out in like two recipes or something, so I need to buy the full version of it. Buy it. It's well worth it. It's well worth it? Okay. okay. It's well worth it. You can save recipes. It's There's a lot to it. Honestly, you're going to have to tweak a little bit, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be much easier than going back to your notebook. You actually yeah. have something saved. You, you, have, you won't have to do math. I carry a notebook like a <laughs> I carry a beer notebook like a Bible now, but yeah, that's. Uh, I was looking for the right program. I mean, I was programming the beer smith and playing with that and stuff, but Sweet. I was I was keeping it 
all written down and all my notes on paper just to perfect well, yeah. that's good to know it so is we're yeah. on the right track then, we're, yeah it like. sounds like we're doing the right yeah. things here so um does great fermentations do any events here do you guys like in how i mean i know we do the the classes and all that do you guys ever have like um Anything else going on here? Any kind oh, of event? We have lots of things. We just had John Palmer and John Blickman. Okay. John Blickman is the the manufacturer of high high end brewing equipment. He's got a mid midline range called Anvil. So he was here a couple weeks ago. John Palmer, who wrote How to Brew, he with Jamil Zanishev, he wrote classic brewing uh, classic beer styles, and he wrote the Water Book. I think as well so he was just here a couple weeks ago he spent the afternoon kissing babies shaking hands <laughs> taking pictures uh he had he's got some great new stuff that's coming out so those those guys were here we just had big brew which is national homebrew day we had about 15 people 15 different groups and probably a couple hundred people in and out throughout the day brewing in the parking lot on the first Saturday of May. So anytime, every time they run the mini, we've got Big Brew here. And then, so they bring their homebrew equipment to the parking lot and brew right here. We do. That sounds like fun. Wow, it's fun. <laughs> now these are events like that event we need. We're going to get into now that we're mm-hmm. homebrewers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so um, at the same time, we had people like uh, Matt from Wild Pitch here giving giving uh, seminars. We had Caleb from Sugar Creek Malt. Here, our own guys are kind of experts in different areas. Steve Kent did some stuff on sour beers without without souring all of your equipment. Brandon, <laughs> oh yeah, and Brandon just did a water talk that was super simple, made it very understandable for the average home brewer. And then we have commercial brewers that come in. That's so awesome. We've even we've had um, Randy Mosier, who's a well-known author. In. Grandmaster judges, so we do all kinds of stuff here. Now, are you or is Great Fermentations involved at all in the State Fair uh, beer competition coming up in June? Um, I organized it for many, many, <laughs> many years. Okay. Uh, we need to know to win. <laughs> Enter a lot. Enter a lot. Well, okay. actually, what we did is we grew it into a really premier event. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I'm, I, after a long, after a while, you kind of burn out. So I have a hand in it, but I, I'm not a, the organizer anymore. Um, it is almost a hundred percent judged by BJCP, which is beer judge certification program judges. We have the best bar none judge pool in the country. We pay judges, which is surprising because most people don't, don't pay judges. Uh, we have about 1,300 entries. We had to cap it because it would just keep growing if we didn't. Oh, wow. And we do that so because we match the entries with the amount of judge or with our judge pool. Um, it's commercial as well. You get great, great uh, feedback. We also sponsor um, all the first places in the home, homebrew category. So, yeah, I know a lot about the the state fair. <laughs> well, see, and we were looking because you know, obviously, we at some point we'll start entering stuff just for fun and contests. Just if if nothing else, just to get that feedback. Uh huh. You know, how is it? What is it? Is it bad? Is it good? I mean, you know, I think plus I think it'd just be fun. Mm-hmm. It gives us something else to do. Yeah. 
Um, I think it was only like 10 bucks per entry for homebrew. Is that right? It is. It's only 10 bucks. And the, the other thing that's really, really, really cool is they have kind of an, of an awards reception mm-hmm. on the day of the event. So you judge on, Saturday, on Friday, Friday afternoon, Friday evening, mm-hmm. Saturday morning and afternoon, and then we have to be ready with the results Saturday it's afternoon. A it's a very quick turnaround. Mm-hmm. And we have to be right because I'll tell you what, there's a lot of eyes on that. I'll bet. So um, they have an award ceremony, and it's really kind of a kumbaya of home brewers and professional brewers so if our listeners ever decide they wanted to be a judge you were mentioning um there's some classes to become a judge certifications to become a judge Mm -hmm. Um, is that similar to like the cicerone program or is it something completely different it is something completely different because what we're doing is we're tasting beers and we're evaluating them according to a style okay so then um, you score it according to style, and then the beers in the flight compete against each other. So is this a better English mild than this is an English mild? Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, it involves a lot of beer tasting, which, hmm. you know, you kind of have to look at not just as enjoying, but is the, does this match the style? Mm-hmm. There's a local guy named Ron Smith who does a lot of training. He'll do one here in the fall, and it's the beer MBA program. So he, you taste beers in comparison. So if you taste a Belgian pale ale, double, quad, what are the differences? Right. And in the Belgian category, the Belgians, even a single category, is very wide. So mm. you have to taste beer. And you have to read it, read the style guidelines according to it. So it's, you know, it's somewhat subjective. I mean, what I taste is not what you're going right. to taste. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. There's a consensus that kind of grows at the table or at the flight, and mm-hmm. then you then you give the beer a score. Yeah, and see, we we taste a lot of beers, so we rate rate a lot of beers on our show, and we all do have different palates to a certain degree. Um, usually if a beer is, is pretty bad, we, we usually get that, a unanimous vote on that one. Um, <laughs> a and, big thumbs down on yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, we can vary a little bit. Usually I would say though, all in all, we usually agree pretty close on, on, on some beers, you know, but some of us mm-hmm. like, I, some of people like hops more than other people, right. you know, and, and hops are one of those things that hits everybody's palate just a little bit different. So, uh, I don't think there'd ever be any way for us to exactly judge something exactly the same that way, but. It yeah. sounds like they kind of teach you how to be fair in the analysis of the hops and that kind of thing. Well, it's does it meet the style? So drinkability is is one thing, but does it meet the style? Is it in the right bitterness range? Is it in the right alcohol range? Did you use the right yeast? Are the right hops in there? You know, you certainly wouldn't use American hops in an English beer. Right. Right. Is the water right? So the water is really super important in a German Pilsner. And we've got a guy on staff that is chasing the perfect Pilsner. It's Brady Smith. He's got, he got out of the first round of the National Homebrew com- Competition. He drove his entries and the rest of the Indianapolis entries out to Boston to compete at the national level. I'll tell you what, I, I just got a text for, from him yesterday. He said, I've spent tons of times in, in textbooks. This is the best I can ever make. Hmm. I, I don't know. I'm putting it up against the best in the country. 
Wow. That's so awesome. You know, it's serious. So you said that they would be here, someone would be here teaching that in the fall, right? The, uh-huh. uh, that's pretty awesome. That might yeah. be a class I might have to look into. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd oh, like yeah. to take that class for sure. It would help us on the show, if nothing oh, yeah. else, you know. I would think it'd be more and more difficult, especially now we talk about all the crazy stuff, especially with because of the crab booming explosion, mm-hmm. keeping those styles separate. Like I said, sometimes we see a stout mm-hmm. that, I don't know how they're calling this a stout. Uh, you know, I mean, it's so hard now to differentiate all these styles of beer because people are doing such wild things mm-hmm. with each style now and putting new ingredients in that people have never thought of before. Yeah. So it's, I would think it's be really well, tough. Now like to, the the Bigsby from yeah from uh, Evil Check is absolutely delicious, but it's called a white stout. Mm-hmm. It's what the heck is that? How do they, What is it? <laughs> it's I haven't had this beer. It's it's absolutely delicious, it is. and it's you know it's. It's yellow, <laughs> but then you drink it and you. you it doesn't. It tastes like a stout. It tastes like a stout. It absolutely. Very it creamy. smells like a stout. To me, it's, it's again though. To me, it's more porterish because it's very creamy and, and rich. Mm-hmm. Where I get more of a porter. To me, it, it, sure. I would think it was a porter drinking it. But you know, when you drink, it's it's kind of odd because you're you tip it up and not thinking that that's going to come out of it. You know, like whoa, what is that? It messes with your mind. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Where'd you get this? I need to. Buy, I need check, to have this. Evil check has it, and uh, I know. Is it in cans? Yes, mm-hmm. it is. Okay. Yep. 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 Last time I knew, the only place that had it in town right now was on 96th Street by Arnie's. That liquor store had it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they still do. That was a couple of weeks ago, but uh, we'll be able. To, we'll get some more because he's been on our show. He was just on our show last week or a couple, weeks, so, a couple yeah. weeks ago. His we'll, pilsner we'll is delicious. Some. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's dead on. Yeah, so he'll be back on our show, and we'll uh, we'll try to get him to bring down some more Bigsby if he has some. It's it's phenomenal. Could I you, love stouts. Could you share one with yes, me? Yes, absolutely. I will, bring, <laughs> yes. I will yes. make sure he brings you some. Actually, maybe we'll bring him in here. And yeah, so you can meet him. Yeah, he's a great guy. Jeremy's a great guy. Jeremy up there, he, yeah, he's a lot of fun. Um, so that's just one I could think of off the top of my head that was just one of those really awkward. Odd, yeah, I don't want to say awkward because it's delicious. It's just a strange beer as far as it, it's, it's called a white stout, and it looks like an ale, and you drink it, and it tastes like a stout, and you're – your brain doesn't know what to think. Yeah, it's a psychological thing. It is. It, your eyes are deceiving you. Your mm-hmm. the aroma is is deceiving, and then when it hits your palate and that taste, it's just it's it's not at all what it looks like. Yeah. You're not expecting. And it's it, like so. an espresso stout at that. And I love it's delicious. I love coffee stouts. <laughs> so espresso stouts, coffee stouts. The first thing that hits you is coffee. When you when you pop the can, you just smell the aroma of coffee, mm-hmm. and then you pour it in the glass, and and you see. It's yellow, and then you taste it, and you taste the coffee, you taste chocolate in it, you taste all this stuff, and it's yellow. Oh, man. I got to try this. It's, it's too it's, cool. It, it is. Really it's is. amazing. Um, it's neat. I'm, I'm kind of interested in this. Okay, Jeremy, you're here to bring us down some Big B. That's right. <laughs> yeah, he listens. Well, I'll be up there this weekend, so I'll grab some. <laughs> there you go. All right, so we took a quick break and got some more beer. We added another guest to the table. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, my name is Brandon. I'm an employee here at Great Fermentations. I uh, do a lot of the brewing um, here at the store, and I work up front uh, retail a lot. So kind of do whatever is needed of me. So a lot of people probably recognize me up front. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Good, Good to have you. Hell yeah. So what are we drinking here? We're tasting a, uh, this is one of you guys' white IPAs. Is that what this is? Yeah, this is a white IPA. It's called the White Knight IPA. It's um, one of our brewer's reserve kits. Which these kits are, I don't know if you've talked about it, but every two months we um, change change recipes. So we have a, a, a two kits. This one's the Everyday, or the White Knight, and then we have a table saison called the Everyday Frenchman. So kind of unique kits with special ingredients. We've had a breakfast out. We've had a lemon lavender saison that people went crazy for. Um, yeah, that was really Sounds good. good. <laughs> and so this is a white IPA. Um, 
So it's it's similar to Belgian wit with coriander and bitter orange, but it's hopped up like an IPA, so what everyone loves. Mm-hmm. So when you say a kit, um, just so our listeners know, I know what you're talking about, but yeah. what, if if you say a kit, what does that mean to somebody if they come in the store? What does that mean for them? A kit, typically, it's a recipe that either we've gotten from someone or it's one we've put together here at the store where it's, it's the ingredients you need to make a beer. Um, based on a certain style or, you know, a clone of something that people love. Um, so we put the, we put the ingredients together and we sell it just as one whole unit. So you buy it and, you know, we'll have customers who will add things to them, but typically you brew it and you get, you know, similar beer. Um, is that available in only extract or is it available in, um, in all green as well? Uh, it's available both. We, we, we have the extra kits made all the time and then we can always, you know, print off a recipe sheet and, grind up grain for the all grain ones anytime but um the brewers reserve ones are only two months out every we switch them every two months so we have two kits that rotate um so those are only available for two months gotcha. out of the year do you guys find that most home brewers all grain versus all grain versus extract yeah extract that, brewing um, is one more than the other or is it kind of 50 50 depends on the it really depends on the customer because you know you'll have people who stick with extract because it's easy you know, I can come in, grab a box, uh, you know, a recipe kit, brew it up, and have it ready in a couple of weeks. It's easy for them. It's quick, you know, um, versus other customers, you know, like me, where I want to learn the, the brewing process. I want to mm-hmm. learn every aspect of it. So I, I started with extract and worked my way into all grain. So, yeah, it's really kind of a mix. It, usually most people move to all grain um, because it's more affordable. And, um, you have they, more that, control. You have more control. And most people are in this hobby for the – for the you know they want to make it themselves and make it great like all the all the beers they're buying at breweries so right. uh, most we people do, are moving we do all grain now we mm-hmm. we definitely started with the extract that lasted for one brew <laughs> and then we moved straight into all grain <laughs> mm-hmm. oh yeah and that's how it, you know it depends on the customer i i think i i did 13 extract batches before i moved to all grain um so it kind of depends you know i was learning different aspects of brewing while doing the extract kits where some people are ready to you know they think they want to control it all at once, and they've been doing the, the research on it. So it kind of depends well, on Depending the on these go, we may be going back. <laughs> yeah. Let's taste them first. And there's, there's several different ways you can do all grain, though. There is, obviously, there's the, the mash and then the lotter ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys also do sell, which is what we're using now is kind of, I, I call it the cheap bag. I don't know if I should call it that. but yeah, it's, it's brew in a bag. The brew in the bag. Yeah. The more affordable bag is what I call it. Yeah, so, <laughs> and that's what we're using right now. You know, it, it makes it simpler because then mm-hmm. we just pull the bag out and then we can rinse right through the bag or yeah. large right through the bag if we want to use the correct terms. Mm-hmm. And then we're done. And then we move on to the boil. So it does make it easier. And it, like you said, it is, it's an affordable option until you really yeah, once we get know your system we set and get everything down, going. Then, yeah. Getting a little crazy. Yeah. You know, things, but. and this can be a very expensive hobby. We're learning that pretty quickly. We're in here quite often spending a lot of money, but no, there are ways no, to. No, no, <laughs> You spend way more on golf. <laughs> you spend yeah. way more on yes. golf, boating, yes. skiing. And golf, once you're done, you're done. Well, that's yeah. what I was going to say. But <laughs> even, though, even though up front it seems more expensive, when you brew that beer and you have your own beer at home, you're actually paying a lot less for the beer than you would going to the Absolutely. store and buying oh, craft beer. If you Incredible drink. Amount. Sam Adams or better, mm-hmm. you can make better beer at home. Yeah, and, th- and that's what I was actually trying to get to. Was it seems yeah. like you come in and you spend forty to fifty dollars on a batch of grain, but you go home and brew and you get you know two cases. You're paying twenty five bucks a case. It's mm-hmm. pretty good for craft beer. That's really mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, that's, and that's the point I wanted yeah, to make was hoppy beer too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. While it may seem like a lot of money, it's not really when it comes down to how much beer you're getting out of a batch. If you're getting your full five gallons out of it, so. Right. 
Exactly. Right now, with most of the craft beers, when you go to one of the the uh, liquor stores or whatever, you're you're paying twelve, thirteen bucks for a four pack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's a you have to look at it difference. as an investment too. Absolutely. You know, and there's so much different stuff you can do, and you guys help out too. If you come in and you say, "Well, I don't have a lot of money," and you can find ways to help them. Yeah. You know, kind of brew on a different scale, and don't do it. Ten percent IPA, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you know, there there are some things like mash hops. That's stupid, honestly. But first word hops make sense. Um, mash hops. Or yeah, adding the, hops, hops in, to the mash. the mash. Like when if you put oh. your grain in the bag, you'd throw some hops in there. Gives it. There is flavors you can get, but it's kind of diminishing returns for. I mean, if you can afford the cost. But um, yeah. I threw them in a double IPA, but that one turned out banana from the yeast so we'll see i'll do it again <laughs> <laughs> i hadn't actually anything i read never told me anything about throwing hops in the mash mm-hmm. mash first yeah. warding they throw them in anywhere they can <laughs> yeah yeah so brewers you, will find any way to put them in yeah what are you working on that's interesting well we just brewed um just did the the fruit ipa so kind of the new big thing is fruited ipas if you've seen citradelic grapefruit sculpin I know mm. the new Enjoy Buy has tangerine in it. So kind of fruited IPAs are seeming to be the new kind of big mm. end thing for the summer. Um, and so we've, we've started a 20-gallon a batch, and I was actually thinking of splitting each five gallons with different, different kinds of fruit. Um, mm-hmm. So doing some blood orange, some blood oranged one, doing a grapefruit one. Um, Rob Caputo actually mentioned using raspberry in one and dry hopping it with some more noble hops, some spicier hops to kind of balance that sweetness of the of the raspberry and then maybe like a peach or apricot but Ooh, that sounds good yeah, where did you find blood oranges right now by the way we've got <laughs> they we were the looking extract for yeah we got a puree uh, okay. of it yeah okay puree. so it's just open the can add it to secondary rack the beer on top and okay it's good to go cool. now is that can made for five gallon batches pretty much i mean i i was even thinking of using half in these um but now after trying a grapefruit sculpin it's pretty grapefruity so i was going to just add the whole can is a lot of the stuff you sell in the store kind of based on the the standard home brewers five gallon batch brewing yeah a lot of the the spices like you know the bitter orange are in one ounce packs and that's half ounce to an ounce is good for five gallons yeah a lot of a lot of things are built around kind of five gallons. and that's one thing i like about this place they really really simplify it for for people who are just getting started but then people that have been doing it for a while too you can come in here and pick and choose your grains you can i mean there's so much going on for yeah. any really any level of brewer you can come in here and, and really get a lot of help and find mm-hmm. what you need so well what we recognize is that most people don't make up their own recipes for their own food mm-hmm. you know and and brewing is just like cooking mm-hmm. that's all it is it's just cooking mm-hmm. and most people don't make up their own recipes they go out and they look at other people's and they may they may pull elements mm-hmm. from different recipes and make something but we do that for you. So right. you can go home and brew and make beer. Cool. You know, and our love is beer making, but you guys do wine crafting as well. Oh, we do. Mm-hmm. We do. So now, now, do you see that scene kind of going up as well, or has that always been kind of, I mean, I, I know people made wines for their whole lives, but I mean, beer obviously is huge now, but do you see that scene getting bigger as well? It is getting bigger. Is and it? the reason it's getting bigger is the wine kits are super simple. They are bulletproof, honestly. And you can make great wine mm-hmm. with them. You can make really, really good wine 
with very limited it's almost like the bread maker of of fermentation but we just got chilean juice so we've got the we got five pallets of chilean juice malbecs and cabernets and honestly it makes delicious wine so i think i mean you're looking over there at at, on the side i think i counted 23 different cases of wine (laughs) wow yeah, that's, it's the wine's pretty foolproof, and I mean, if you have the equipment for beer, you have the equipment for for the wine, and that's where I mean, with with beer growth, with beer growing in Indiana, the wine kind of just falls behind. Mm-hmm. Plus, I, I think that's growing as well. But yeah, the kits are foolproof, and even like she said, the juice that we get from Chile and in California, they've kind of they do all the kind of scientific adjustments with the pH and the sugar, where it's even doing the juices is as easy as doing one of the kits. Um, yeah. So I have like a chilean merlot that's delicious right now from last year so um even the juice is pretty the, the i wine's tried pretty. that it is really yeah, good yeah the wine's pretty simple now what do you guys how big of a scale are you guys brewing i mean you guys aren't selling it in camming so what are you doing with all the beer you brewing besides drinking it <laughs> and, and is there anything wrong with that no, i mean but is that all is it all going home or do you guys and are you entering a lot of content i mean what do you guys do with because you, obviously you're you're making a lot of beer and yeah, I'm having a lot of fun being able to create a lot of it kinds of beer, which is awesome. Yeah, we have, um, mm-hmm. we have a 20-gallon system in the back, and so that we usually do 20-gallon batches, um, which usually gives one, one we send to the Avon store, two we'll have on tap here. Um, we'll take a lot of the beer to festivals and stuff we'll serve at, events, competi- or not competitions. We don't really sub- – we submit competitions with our own beer, not really stuff we brew the, for the store. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, a lot of times – you know our employees are on, but you forgot the biggest consumer of our beer is ours. I, I said two cakes, two cakes for here, <laughs> one for Avon. <laughs> so there's one five gallon keg that happens. To it's for missing. employees. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we're allowed to shift beer, so we take full advantage of that. Um. <laughs> are they brewing at Avon as well, or is it all being brewed here? Yeah. Are they are okay? Well, it's definitely not. The, they don't have a full system like mm-hmm. twenty, gallon, but they'll have. They can do five gallon batches over there. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a ten gallon and five gallon brewery easy as well, so we'll we'll do usually when I'm brewing we'll brew like a mystery beer with all our throwaway grains and hops and make a beer for us to drink on and <laughs> honestly, I am always surprised because you take some mystery hops and mystery grain and make something delicious out of it, which mm-hmm. I think is pretty magical that's yeah. cool gotta try gotta try oh, try yeah. and make it delicious or. So when you, you say want to you, drink it. <laughs> when you say you throw right grains, is that kind of like you get to the bottom and you can't really use what's left there? Or you don't have enough to sell, you kind of push it back and um, throw it in? Or? The grains are usually like, say a customer didn't want to grind it up or say he didn't want to grind it up and we accidentally throw it in the mill. So we'll just make it make it again for him and then we'll happen to save that for ourselves. or try, We'll try and sell it on discount or something like that for gotcha. people. Um, but yeah, usually grains from that... Um, if it's you know something just usually mistakes hops it's from you know if we have those those brewers reserve kits you know we'll have ones left over and if if no one buys them when we discount them we'll we'll just use the hops and grains from that okay. so yeah right. you ever anybody come in with a after you after they buy a kit and go home and come back and go that beer game you didn't do it didn't work <laughs> a lot of times with the yeast, time blame yeah. your guys' kit for their, ba- for their bad process i believe that's Brewer error. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm sure this guy when somebody comes back in and says, "Hey, your kit didn't work" or something. I mean, it had to have happened. Yeah. We no, get, no, we, we try. It was your kit. <laughs> no, no, we try those. We know that if you brew them right, they come out. Yeah. 
we're still brewing them and drinking them, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they're good. What would you say the uh, your most popular style is for the the home brewer that comes in? If you just it's IPAs, it's hoppy beers, yeah. Commercial beer, uh, IPAs are forty two percent of the commercial market, and that that translates to yeah, us. That is that something recent me. though? Or is that ch- I mean, I know, I mean. He, uh, up north, the stouts and porters are still big up there, but I IPA mm-hmm. is the big thing all over right now. But if you guys have been here a long time, has that has that changed, or has that always been kind of like that? Has IPA has always been the. I mean, it's it's their pop, the IPAs are definitely we sell brain eater five to one probably, but hmm. um, it, it, brewers are still experimental. They want to try all different styles yeah. and different things, so it's not as you know as hop heavy, but it's still mm-hmm. IPAs are the big seller. Um, especially if people are brewing for friends, brewing for a party, they're yeah. going to you know, have a hoppy beer on or something sure. like that. That's what we even said. We, we love stouts, and that's what we started with. And then we did a Saison, and then we're going to do a pale ale. But we said, okay, we know it's coming. We, we're going to have to brew an IPA. <laughs> we don't yeah. have a choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, so. But, you know, there, styles kind of go in vogue. So now it's IPA. Um, it's also session IPA. Mm-hmm. And then you've got all of the new black ipas uh white ipas red brown yeah Mm -hmm. you got rye ipas all of that but then you also have um stouts of every of every kind right so it just depends and and beer is kind of seasonal Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. so yeah the the dark beers definitely in the winter time are selling a lot more than you know your light beers but hoppy beers kind of always kind of stay up there everyone's always wanting something hoppy right uh, new home brewer comes in. Best piece of advice you can give him starting out? Take care of your yeast. That's probably number one. I mean, sanitation is always the biggest thing that's harped on home brewers, but once you get that down. Shut up, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once you get the sanitation down, I mean, yeast quality, taking care of yeast health is you'll, you'll at least get a clean beer at the end is the big thing. You know, okay. if the, you know, if the flavors with your hops and grains don't match up, at least the beer is clean and drinkable at the end. Um, okay. If you take care mm-hmm. of your yeast. So it's always, if you take care of your yeast and you don't get infection, you're going to have a good beer, a good drinking beer. Okay. So I'd say yeast health is usually what I push. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the best way to keep that yeast health up would be? Make yeast starters. Okay. Um, yeah, make yeast starters. Kind of watch, make sure you're pitching the right amount okay. um, of yeast because that's that's the biggest issue. People buy, you know, they'll take they'll buy a white yeast smack pack and put it in a, you know, a 10, 10.89% beer and mm-hmm. the yeast you know they get in there and, and there's only 100 billion of them to figure out what to do and they get stressed out they they produce a ton of diacetyl esters off flavors that um you you don't want in your beer it just kills your beer yeah basically yeah or they even poop out mm-hmm. they yeah, just get tired and they stop fermenting yeah mm-hmm. i read that that there's certain yeasts that are tolerant to higher alcohol percentages mm-hmm. so if you if you drown them in too much they they die yeah they just they'll stop doing their thing and there's yeah, that's what I was that double IPA I was talking about that I made. It's it tastes like bananas because I think I pitched I definitely made a yeast starter, pitched enough beer, but as the alcohol increases, the other factors kind of matter and you start stressing them out a lot. And so I think with warm temperatures plus um not oxygenating enough, the yeast started producing a bunch of banana esters and now my tip my just call it a uh Wheat beer. Yeah, call it a, call it <laughs> a Belgian wit, imperial yeah. wit. <laughs> Actually, a, brew, a commercial brewer told me once, uh, you know, Anita, you never name a beer until you try it. Yep. Ha, what you think you made may not be what you made. Now, see, we, we hear both sides of that is they don't they name it first, and then they brew it, and then we have people 
Man, I'd burn it first. You have an idea, but before they then you taste it and you're like, this triple tastes like a Belgian qua- or Belgian <laughs> Belgian strong ale or something. Maybe that's why we get some. We think, man, how could they, how did they call this a stout? Because they named it first, <laughs> <laughs> and they refused to go around. Yeah. I just that's tapped stubborn. a beer the other day. Honestly, I had to strain the hops out through my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wow! Yeah, it was gritty. <laughs> Did you give him some good advice? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I will say one thing I did learn, though, is even the hot pellets. I was, we were throwing them right on in. We weren't using the hot bag or anything. We were just throwing them right on into the okay. into the kettle. But then I started reading uh, where it said, yeah, you probably should use this little bag thing. And I was like, mm, I don't know. It doesn't. I mean, it looks like it settled all to the bottom. Again, it'll, we haven't tasted any of our own settle, beer yet. so yeah. It'll always settle. Yeah, but they're, ca- they're bottling. Yeah, well, it'll settle. <laughs> for now again we're, just decant don't, don't ever drink out of a bottle just decant out of we, the bottle we've had the conversation and the number one thing we want to do is I think we'll probably continue this we're probably going to get ourselves a nice kettle mm-hmm. at some point we need to come in here and, and, and spend some money on a on a decent kettle and then we need to uh, probably from there um, maybe a better fermenter maybe go to like a conical type fermenter mm-hmm. uh, so we have these visions of what we want it's just a matter of of getting there and all talking about it and deciding we want to we want to upgrade and I have a feeling by next year we're going to be brewing on a wholly different system than what we have right now. So right now it's just kind of it's what we bought here and what you helped us with as well and it, it's done great so far. But I have a feeling we're going to fall. In, I, I think well, we're all, we've already fallen in love you with what it. we're doing. Wait you know a minute, what? you haven't even tasted your beer yet. I know that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> I said yeah. follow up with what we're doing, not what we what we're many weeks from now. We may have a completely different opinion. Yeah, I may pop that first bottle and go, nope, yeah, we're done. Yes. <laughs> last one we were drinking, I, I got that. Is it Pilsner? Yeah, Ick Benign really Pilsner. Ick Benign Pilsner. Honey, mm-hmm. yeah, just a clean pills. Well, the one thing that caught my eye when we were walking in was the uh, the barrels out front, and mm-hmm. we talked about doing, you know, the 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 uh, barrel aged and everything and that's one thing that definitely caught my eye those are five gallon barrels so they're very doable for a per- i saw how big they were i thought that was perfect mm-hmm. especially crazy considering, considering what brewery they are or i'm sorry what distillery they are journeyman journeyman, journeyman. ah okay silver yeah. cross actually yeah. the last mm-hmm. time we got those in they sold out in a week really yeah hmm. yep. maybe we should talk <laughs> we put them online they sold out in a day so yeah that's well, one of brendan's favorite distilleries actually yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, huh. that's, yeah wow. I absolutely love it. I think they're amazing. You know, they're young, and what they're putting out there is, God, it's fantastic. Hmm. And the mm-hmm. distillery, if you haven't been there, it's a must. It's just a beautiful place to go to. Great food, but putting together great drinks. But that whiskey is phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, that'll probably be the next thing we talk to you about then is that barrel. That barrel? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, barrel aging, it really does. It, it really creates a complexity to beer. Agreed. Agreed. Because I think we're all big fans of the oh, different yeah. barrel age that we've yeah. had. We're just like, oh, there's just something about this that it's it just, just stands so complex out. and yeah. deep that you yep. don't get. You know. Well, think about it. It's a perfect marriage because whiskey mm-hmm. was beer first. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. fermented mm-hmm. and then it right. then it went into a barrel and then beer and you've got oh yeah. It, well, we went down good to compliments. We went down to Nashville. We toured some of the distilleries, and that was the first thing they told us is really. At the mash stage of whiskey, it's nothing more than, than beer, beer. Right. You know, and then you pull the wort off, and then you ferment it in a different way and for a longer period of time to create the whiskey. Hmm. So, you know, there are a lot of uh, breweries out there that do use maize. They'll call it maize instead of corn to sound fancy, but they'll use corn <laughs> to brew their beers, you know. Miller's one yep. of the companies, one of the big boys, that they use maize in their beer. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one way, apparently, to lighten the... 
they do something with it to to take the alcohol content down or something on it. I, I was reading about it somehow. Miller Lite's made with some maize, and it does it does something to it. I don't know. Well, lightens it or something. Flaked corn or maize actually will um, will lighten up the the color, and it'll give you a a little bit of a corn sweetness. And I I can't wait to try this beer, but uh, Peoples just brought out a pre-prohibition pilsner, and I'm guessing it has it has corn in it, mm-hmm. and it'll give you alcohol, but not a lot of body. It'll give you a little bit of sw- corn sweetness, and it'll lighten the color. Hmm, there you go. Maybe it was the color that was the big factor on the corn. It was something to do with it. Yeah. Peoples, right? yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> People's, <laughs> people's is okay. another conversation from another I time. Haven't had anything from there. I've enjoyed. Mm. I, I they're Dortmunder. They I haven't had a lot because we had a few. Pilsner. I haven't liked. People's Pilsner. Yeah, is not bad actually. Yeah, that's one of the ones that first ones I had. I'm not, not a huge like Pilsner it. fan, and this I actually I I get a lot of rich honey off that. That, mm-hmm. but yeah. to me, there's a lot of body that flavor of that that. Pilsner, and I think it's because I drink so much dark it beer. Looks that tasty. Pilsners are usually boring to me, so I don't drink oh, a lot of them. They didn't give you any. <laughs> no. Oh, you didn't get? No. I, no. Hence, hence you the know name what? Pigs. A good, well-made <laughs> Pilsner is hard to do. It's really I, that's hard what. To yeah, do. and that's kind of say if you're going somewhere, the first thing to do is try their Pilsner. Or try, you know, if they're making that beer right, they're probably try their lightest beer. Know, if they the can make that right, you'll probably be okay. Yeah. But well, in good. Indiana, our water is so mm-hmm. favorable for dark beers. Anybody. I mean, it's easy to make a dark beer. Mm-hmm. See, we have a lot of chlorine in our water up in Fisher, so I don't. I use Hinkley Springs spring water when we <laughs> brew. Just what we've been using so far. If you boil, if you boil water, it'll boil off the chlorine. Oh, okay. If they use chloramines, you can use a chemical that we sell that binds that up and gets rid of it. My water mm-hmm. literally smells like a swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> so, if I get up in the middle of the night swimming, and I have to, you know, get a beer. drink of water. Out of the faucet, it, it tastes. It smells and tastes like a swimming pool. It's oh, wow. really gross. Huh. That's not good. You have the same water. Do you not notice I don't, this? No, I really don't. I don't. Well, no, we filter all our water though. Oh, okay. So that's probably why. Well, I don't drink it often because I have the right. I have the big five gallon things. But in the middle of the night, I will. And then I can definitely smell it. It's awful. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid of it because everything I read said if you get any chlorine in your beer, you just completely screwed your beer. Yeah. So I, I'm I follow the rules. I'm telling you. <laughs> You know I won't what? let them. I won't let them put a drop of my water in the beer. It, it only comes from Hinkley Springs. I everything is, is sanitized. A, is he a rule follower in every other sense? No, that's <laughs> probably so not. Funny. It's absolutely <laughs> not. This might no, be a just, first. Just beer, which is fine with us. And I'm actually um, not the high strung one. That's Pat. He's the high strung one. But he's the one that keeps saying, "Well, I'm going to figure out a way to automate this so that we can just turn on the heat and walk away." And I'm like, "Dude, it takes the fun out of brewing." <laughs> Do you know what? When that when that happens, you can't drink as much. While you're brewing, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's happening. Yeah, that's happening. Yeah. We all that get together to brew, so <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. we do. We all get together. We go to the right now. We don't have our own our own beer drinks. We go to the liquor store. We all buy some sample bottles. We come. We sample a bunch mm-hmm. of beer while we're brewing. And but a couple of months down the road, we'll be drinking our beer. We'll be yeah. drinking our own beer while we're brewing more of our own beer. I'm sorry. Next Thursday will be the first one. Yeah, oh, right. next that's Thursday. the yeah. That's when the that's the bag. Two week period. That I don't want to call it. No, I'm a restaurant guy. I am going to bring some extra just in case. That's not the right term. I would. <laughs> I'm going to bring a few extra bottles. Well, guys, you know what? I don't think I've ever learned this much on one of our shows before. <laughs> no, I know this is very educational, actually, and I appreciate Anita having us and yeah. uh, introduce us to some of these beers and helping yeah. us with uh, get going on the home brewing yes. and. Uh, 
Absolutely. We definitely will be telling all of our listeners to uh, come out here and check you out. Your logo's up on our website there, so they're going to see you when they come and see us. I think we need to come in here one night and test grain. I think so. Actually, I think you know what I think? Grain. What's that? I think you need to bring your beer back. Yes. And we we'll, will absolutely. we'll sample it. We, we, will do that. we can do that. Yes. Not, no, the first one's the bag. I keep saying bag in the box. Well, we're not it's, a restaurant. it's a restaurant term. <laughs> I know it sounds degrading. It doesn't mean to be that way. It was the... The, the pre-made kit. Yeah. yeah. A kit. That's the first one we made. But you know what? A kit is just a recipe. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. And yep. y- you just come in and pick it up off the shelf and go. Yeah. So we did that one more for the process to make, you know, make sure we get have the process down. down. Get the process right. Yep. And mm-hmm. then we started with that next all grain one, which the wort, if the beer tastes as good as the wort did, we're, I think you might be well. a little impressed. <laughs> as Brandon <laughs> Snicker. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> no. The wort tastes Prob- good. That's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I tasted it after primary before it went to secondary. So it, it tasted good. As Did it taste flat. like bubble gum? No. No. Did it taste like chloroseptic? Nope. No. Did Not Band-Aids either. Did it taste like uh, Band-Aids? No. <laughs> no. No butter. No uh, butter. alcohol in it. No. Nope. No? Okay. There was no acetal in it. No. It tastes good there. It's, Sorry. it's usually a good sign. It had a, you could taste the coffee in it. You could taste a little bit of the chocolate in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the chocolate wasn't overwhelming It wasn't overpowering. I'm sorry. How'd you put the coffee in so I cold brewed it overnight for uh, probably ended up being about 26, 27 hours uh, from espresso beans, the only ones I could find at the last minute because everybody was like, oh, I'll get these. But anyway, we never got them. So I went to Kroger and got actual coffee bean, Rwanda coffee beans, ground them at home, coarse ground them at home. Then I cold brewed them overnight for about 26 hours, and then we filtered them through a coffee filter and a strainer into a glass, put 30 ounces in 10 minutes before the boil was over. There we go. Okay. Ten minutes. Does that sound minutes. right, or where would you have done it? What would you have done differently? I was just um, no. You could you could add it in sec or you could add it in the boil, but I probably would add it in secondary. Um, sometimes when fermentation is going on, that all that CO two being produced will will drive off some of the aromatics of anything you add. So it's usually good to add flavorings during secondary for that reason. Mm. So um, we'll see. If we don't get enough strong enough coffee flavor, then we can always, you can always do the same more. thing, just switch it to secondary. Right. Yeah. yeah. You can always add more in, too. Because yeah. yeah. we, we look like you had, we had you, and you're with us 100% until, you, so you until we... 10 minutes before the boil. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. And, and plus, you know, if you're well, boiling it, you're driving that away, too. Well, right. think about but. coffee that's been on... a a co- hot plate for a while mm-hmm. it's not so good mm-hmm. so that's why we like to add it in in the secondary sure yeah. so that and that's why i, I cold fresh. brewed it was to make sure i didn't get any of the tannins in it because mm-hmm. you know if you mm-hmm. cook coffee for too yeah. long mm-hmm. or in too hot a water you're going to pull a lot of bitter tannins yeah. out of it put it mm-hmm. in the boil yeah. You would all that time to cold brew it. threw it in before the, the boil. This guy. Yeah, that's good. I put with the breakfast out, I put them in the boil. Did you? And you mm. got you got a bitter coffee bite from it, so yeah. This Definitely was already brewed, it. so it wouldn't have had it wasn't it wasn't extracting anything else. So I don't mm-hmm. think heating it up would have affected it. Hopefully, just it was getting oxygen or oxidized or anything like that. But yeah. Yeah. this should be good. Yeah. yeah. But but you know what? Our carboys were clean as could be. So <laughs> there wasn't a bug in his house. There was not. It was sanitized nine times, and <laughs> well, you know we're brewing in the garage. Okay, it's not like we have a clean room. So I literally <laughs> we were all in white suits. <laughs> You're gonna, you might start being. He installed a, one of those. Well, shit, yeah. <laughs> I went and I got the table set up, and I went and I bleached all of the covers that I put on the tables and everything, and washed them, and then I sanitized those, and then I. Anything that was sanitized was set on the table and then sprayed again before we started. 
Then I'd spritz my hand with alcohol and I lit them on fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a trooper. <laughs> that's what I had to do. That's what I would do. <laughs> so, All right. right. So are we going to get to taste this beer or not? Yes. 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 Absolutely. Right. We will be our next show over here. Yep. Okay. We will yep. bring, we'll that bring one will that. be ready. The we're saison gonna, will probably be the ready by the time we are able to, to get back over. Right. Well, we'll bring we'll bring some down to them, though. Yeah. Um, as soon as that one's ready. Mm-hmm. uh we're going to bottle it in two weeks. We're two doing weeks, two, two, two. Yeah. We're putting two weeks in primary, two weeks in secondary, two weeks, leaving it in the bottle for two weeks to condition before we drink it. Mm-hmm. We're staying kind of regimented on this because mm-hmm. I'm picky. So, far. <laughs> so um, about three weeks, that one will be ready. Clearly we'll bring he's it. in charge. It's in my garage. It's in his garage. So <laughs> I'm not really in charge. It's just I'm, to deal with it. I take, I'm taking it really serious, I guess. You're in charge until your wife says no. <laughs> she said no a couple times. No to the to the point that we decided we were going to figure out how to use the sink in the garage, run a hose, and now everything goes out of the garage sink through a hose and hot water, and everything's now available in the garage. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. So we don't have to step foot in her kitchen at all. So now she can't say no. Ah, uh, yeah. Took care of that one. But Does that mean that you got kicked out of her kitchen? <laughs> you know, I have to tell you, it is not wart. What is it? It's wort, W-E-R-T. It's pronounced W-E-R-T. A wort Wart. is something Wart. on your finger. Thanks, Jordan, for making me look like an ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Indiana, okay? I know. We, we pronounce stuff different. Potato, potato, potato okay? Wort, wort, wort. All right, well, see, w- there we go. I said W-O-R-T, though. Yeah. It is spelled it is. W-O-R-T. Well, I said I learned a lot today. I just learned something else. There we go. Now I'm educated. That's what we do here. That's right. We make uh, you talk the talk. That's right. <laughs> well, thank you guys very much for yes. having us over here tonight. This Absolutely. has been a really good time, a very educational time. Um, I can't wait to bring ours back and have you guys taste it and no hear doubt. what you guys yeah. say about ours. So that which will be a very much of a flip to the, flip of the script because we're always uh, the ones reviewing the beers. So this will be kind of interesting <laughs> it will. having someone else review our beers. Oh, so. turnabout spirit! Uh, that's right. And we're Absolutely. looking forward to that that honesty though because we want it. Obviously, like you said, if you're home brewing, you want it to be good. So yeah. if something's wrong with it, I want to know. He wants to know. We all want to know mm-hmm. so we can go home and be like, oh, got to change that. Yeah, but for show that, pers- you know? purposes, the nicer you are, the more airtime you get. So. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note <laughs> alright guys well thanks Thank for having guys. us again we appreciate it you guys have a great night thanks for coming thanks Since we have the beer, we do not want the brew. 
it's true When days were dark it was to us so dear Since we have the beer 